It's a super surprise for Jay-Z and Beyonce fans. The married couple releasing a joint album together for the first time. The new nine-track album called Everything is Love was accompanied by a stunning music video shot in the halls of the iconic Louvre in Paris, the world's largest museum. And you know, and you know that them filming in front of the Mona Lisa has increased its value now. You know that, right? Yeah. Because from now on, there's going to be some people who go there and be like, oh my God, it's that chick from the video. Look. That's when you know you're operating at the next level, when the Mona Lisa is your video vixen. How did Jay-Z and Beyonce-Z get uh, the rights to be in the Louvre and shoot their video? I don't know. Or did they green screen it? They no, might have green screen it. I believe they were there. Really? Yeah. They're that big a deal. They probably, Maybe a substantial donation. They probably purchased the Louvre <laughs> for a day. Mm-hmm. And sold we it back to it. the French at a loss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so they could shoot their video. Jay-Z's got some wacky new hair, by the way. I don't know if Mrs. Z likes it, but... Didn't see that. I um, haven't caught that video yet. I hear it's wonderful. So a couple of things I want to catch you up on. One, a federal judge yesterday was a case in Kansas, but this will probably go to the Supreme Court, because Kansas was trying to say, you got to show some sort of ID to register to vote. And a federal judge said, no, that violates something. In the Constitution. Mm, that's at conflict with other rulings. But if you have to provide a birth certificate, passport, or some sort of paperwork to show who you are when you register to vote. That's so crazy. Yeah, I know. That you don't have to prove you're a citizen to register to vote. Crazy! But a federal judge said it's okay, so we'll see where this ends up. Um, well, the Supreme Court kind of punted on a gerrymandering case yesterday. They, that was yeah, interesting. I they, can break that down later. but They did punt somewhat. Well, they punt on this. They decided they are going to take up the Apple Apps case. This is the idea is does Apple the Apple App Store is it a monopoly? Ah. And uh there are a lot of numbers to show that if you want to be a successful app, you got to be on the Apple platform. Mm-hmm. That's what people think when they think apps. That's where the whole thing started. If you really want to make money, you got to do it. And Apple takes 30%. Ooh. If they approve you to become uh, an actual app in the Apple Store. Huh. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know which direction this will go. I don't know what I root for. I don't know what that would do if they opened up, say, they do have a monopoly and they have to change things. If all of a sudden we get crappier apps that are less safe or I don't know what happens. Or maybe it's the other way. Maybe it opened up and there, we get more great apps. Maybe Apple is funneling out too many good apps. I have no idea. But anyway, the Supreme Court's going to take that up. Certainly, if you have an opinion, you can text us 415-295-KFTC because I, I don't know. 415-295-KFTC. Or you can email us anytime, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Oh, one of the arguments was that uh, because Apple takes 30% commission on the revenue each app generates, which is, man, it's a little stiff. Holy cow, I'd say so. It'd be a shame if something happened to this app. The result is consumers are paying a lot more than they should for apps. Most, right. Most It'd my be apps... 66 cents instead <laughs> yeah. of 99. Most of the apps I buy are less than three bucks. My God, <laughs> I haven't fed my children in six months. <laughs> How cheap do they need to be? Yeah, I know. I don't know if that's a good argument. God, it's funny, the app thing. You look at it, and you the 99 cents? What? It's all, all the stupid stuff you spend money on, but for some reason. Actually, there's, there's a principle of uh, economics that applies to that. I don't remember what it's called, but it has to do with expectations. If you see 40 free apps, then you see a great one for a buck. You think, wow, wait a minute. It's a dollar. Yeah. Mm. Your cup of coffee costs $3. Right. That you could have made at home. But yeah, whatever. Uh, so I also wanted to talk to this. Now, Joe, um, Joe needs to be in charge of, here's a mallet. I'd be happy to. 
Oh, my God, yes. I'm getting, out the, I'm getting out the Sean Gong and yes, handing Joe you. the mallet. Do you thank want to you. test it out why, to make sure it works? Why is Joe stretching? Go. The gong that indicates positive Sean has rambled on long enough. Because, uh, yes. <laughs> the glee in your eyes when you have that mallet makes I'm really me uncomfortable. testing out the flexibility in the shaft here. I, I like it. I think Sean would stiff. admit that brevity is not your, your strong suit on, uh, on, on long-form discussions. Uh, clarity seems to be my issue more so than brevity. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, they're both pretty significant. <laughs> which, whichever. <laughs> Yet at the same time, you're one of the greatest at dropping a one-liner of anybody I've ever met in my life. Quick as which a is, cat. Which is really interesting. But anyway. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, I wanted to ask about this because it has implications for lots of people, and I got kids that'll be into this world soon enough. Now that the World Health Organization has recognized video gaming as an actual addiction, I want to ask somebody who plays video games a lot, and you don't try not to get into a defensive crouch. This is not an attack on video games. The best defense is a good offense. I and, hate you, Jack. And, mm. and, and, and only a dick would ask me this. You know, um, well, it's like with drinking. They, they say something like 10% of people who ever drink become alcoholics. Well, 90% of people don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 it, ought, it ought to be legal. It ought to be everywhere. Blah, blah, blah. Same with video games, maybe. But do you know anybody that's become an addict? Do you think it's a problem for people, etc.? I, I certainly think there are those who have problems separating. Well, I, I left this out. The, the WHO, the World Health Organization, said there are documented cases of people sitting in their own urine because yes. they didn't want to get up and go to the bathroom mm. while they're playing video I have games. not done that more than once or twice. Oh, video games. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know if you've got friends who've done that. Um, so, a big kind of... Uh, there's a couple things at work here. One of the things that kind of leads to those scenarios that you're talking about is the moving, mental illness. Well, the the moving from games being solo player games that you can pause and step away from to these real-time 24/7 environments that are just kind of these digital hubs that people come into and gather on and there's timing events and if she if, can't actually walk away, it's not like Pong is my most recent video game oh reference. And when it's you play changed Pong, a lot. You can, you can pause it and walk away. But so these games, you, you can't. If, if you could not, actually miss something. If if I'm with ten of my friends and the quote unquote the dungeon raid is going on now, I need to be at my computer now from here for the next hour, and I can't pause it to do my homework, Mom. I can't. I, you know, ergo. Soiling yourself. Yes. That's what it leads to. So so for, for people who become overly attached, and I can absolutely see this affecting children more than adults just because of the way that the brain, okay. the brain works, um, I think that that's part of it. Um, I think by a lot of definitions of addiction, I might fall into these things. I well, play... let, me, let me put it this way. So, like, um, uh, maybe you're a marijuana enthusiast. Just, just try that Hypothetically. on. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Um, you probably know people that you think abuse marijuana and it damages their lives. Yes. I've certainly known plenty of people that drank too much. Quite a few throughout my life. Do you know? Do you know us similarly in the video gaming world? Like you got a friends, handful of friends. That, oh man, they're really hurting their lives. The person in my life that video games probably quote unquote hurt the most is me. Like in just in terms of, I mean, there's times where you're very pale. Yeah, well, that that's one. But hey, you know, sun gives you cancer. I'm trying to live a long life. Um, but just in terms of, I mean, there's times where. I could do the dishes now, but I'll just do them in the morning because I want to finish this game that I'm playing. Right? They're they're really minor examples yeah. of me. Do they get piled up indefinitely and there are rats running around and cockroaches? No, See, now, okay, question. I think I've already right. gotten my answer because 
If you if you if you're into drugs at all, you know people who do drugs. You know people that have ruined their lives or are ruining their lives. Drinking the same way, gambling the same way, eating the same way. I'm thinking of all the other things that are recognized addictions, and you didn't like immediately didn't pop to your mind. Oh yeah, I can name off five people that are ruining their lives from video games. In the uh, same way, you could with all those other things I just gave an example. Jack, of. let me quote the great philosopher Dear Abby, who I remember vividly in high school reading her column. There was a uh, a fellow youth who who wrote in and said uh, that he pleasures himself like all the time. And all how, the time? How much is too Mike much? Like in line at the DMV. <laughs> you read my letter a lot. <laughs> That's right, Michael. I have it framed. And and dear Abby's response uh, covered not only uh, self pleasurement but virtually any anything else. She said, "Is it impacting your schoolwork?" Is it impacting your job? Is it impacting your relationship? Is it impacting your health? Is it impacting, uh, you know, the cleanliness of your home, uh, et cetera? If you answer yes to more than one or two of those, you're doing it too much. Yeah, I understand that completely. But then, you know, addiction is its whole whole different thing. And people have different definitions. And it's amazing that we haven't in society figured all this out yet. But again, I get to the drinking, drugs, gambling. I can think of people who have ruined their effing lives. Right. And those are addictions. Are, right. are you going to put video games in the same classification when you can't come up with anybody who's done that? And out of video gaming? Oh, plenty of people have. I don't know them. But I read about them. <laughs> <laughs> and I would also, and again, this may be just me being in. in the, and I'm anti video games. I'm not trying to stand up for them. I, I hope my kids never play them. I know that's unrealistic. And and not every bad habit is an addiction. Yes. Right? Yeah. Sure. Well, that's what I'm getting to. Like, if you golf too much or you whatever too much, it's getting in the way of your life. And eh, I, it's a I bad do habit. think there are a lot of positives to come out of of video game playing. I have a, a bit of a unique thing because I was an audio engineer, board operator for a lot of my my early radio careers, and the the manipulation of multiple. Like, essentially, just a really fancy keyboard that I'm manipulating in real time. That's video game practicing. It, it's hitting keystrokes and precise timing. Here we have the rationalization of the hardcore junkie. <laughs> and when I'm, when I'm teaching, like, when, when phones and computer apps and things go through update changes and the interface and the UI changes that people use, I'm not nearly as thrown off by those things as other people because I've been experiencing mm. user interface changes via video games for my entire life. Well, so, mm-hmm. as, as a, as the world becomes more and more digital, I think there are a lot of benefits so, to becoming familiar okay. with manipulating that. Th- yeah, you could make an argument there is some positive, because it's hard to make an argument that there's any positives to a lot of other addictions, smoking, gambling. They're very abstract things, like they make me feel better, stress relief, right. things like that. But I think a lot of, well, certainly like heroin addicts, people who have you know gambled away their entire lives, their, their, their entire family's money, stuff like that, I think they would think of... Uh, you don't leave the house enough because you play video games too much. Not the same sort of addiction. Yeah, well, again, it depends. If you if you have no relationships or have hollow relationships, you're unhealthy. You're you know you're you're not doing well at school or work or whatever. You recognize it. Okay, this is bad. Then can you stop it and roll it back and or roll it back? Well, then that's when you find out if it's an addiction or not. I think. I mean, a psychological compulsion, is that different from a physical addiction? Nobody knows these and, answers. And to what extent is nobody it different? Nobody knows. Which right, exactly. It's amazing to me that nobody, we haven't nailed this down yet. Well, the mind is a physical thing, so how do you separate those two things? But, but at some point, then, practically everything should be on the WHO list, right? 
So if there's one, if done to excess, if yeah. there's one person in Montana that collects stamps to the point that he uh, ignores his family and doesn't show up to work, that should be labeled as an addiction. Well, fair enough, but I'd like to party with him. <laughs> you got a one cent Lindbergh in there, do I? <laughs> and similarly to how social media kind of acts as a a poor substitute for actual interaction with people, I think video games are very effective at giving simulacrums of achievement and accomplishment. Yes, well said. I remember during the Super Bowl, there was one one video game that the, I, th- I found the slogan highly disturbing. It was like, be a real hero. Play this video game. Right. And I thought, woo, Orwell Marketing Company right there. That's the one thing you're not being, Junior. My only can, The only reason I even bring this up, because, you know, call it your hobby, call it your digger, what do I care? But if it, if it becomes, you know, once it's labeled an addiction officially, then then it becomes insurance, government money, time off work that's paid for by the employer, right. all that sort of I'm stuff. Have time and, off work to play video games? And how far are we going to go with this? You can't fire me. I'm an addict. <laughs> right. How far are we going to go with this? Yes, socialism. Without, without any of that stuff, doesn't matter. Who, who cares? Call it whatever you want. Call it call it uh, Jim, Jimmy the fun thing I do. I, I don't care what you call it, but... If it, if I call it moral decay. If we're going to open up rehabs that are part of Obamacare and all that sort of stuff. Oh, God. Right. And the taxpayer pays for right. it. And those who advocate those programs know the money must flow through them so then they can hand it out. So government grows, baby. Don't buy the arguments. Small government now will reject all tax increases reflexively. Uh, so, uh, what direction do you want to go? Left, right? I live northeast of here, so northeast. We haven't talked much about the kids in cages. That was quite the debate. Oh, for God's sake. Donald Trump himself at the border putting little crying kids in cages. I saw it. Oh, my God. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience Of of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we um, got some interesting text following up on the uh, conversation now that video gaming is considered an addiction by the World Health Organization. Whatever that means. I don't, I don't know what that means to me. Does that influence U.S. government policy or I don't know, or might eventually. Hey, guys, I actually do know people who have allowed gaming to ruin their lives. I know two people whose marriages were ended where gaming was involved. If something affects you to the point that you can't live without it, I'd call it an addiction. But so yeah. they, they do know some people that ruined their lives over video game. My point being, I know people who have ruined their lives over drugs, alcohol, gambling, uh, eating to a certain extent couple of different things. But I don't personally know anybody who's ruined their name lives from video gaming. I've talked to a couple of young women who said, that's it, I've had enough with a dude, because it's all he wanted to do all really? the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they should be paying attention to me. Get them a pinball machine, is one person's <laughs> suggestion. Pinball's fun. I would love, that's a that's a bucket list thing for me, is having a pinball machine in my uh, house. My, that uh, I get to play for free, but all my friends have to put quarters in. When I was a kid, my neighbors had one. We played that thing all the time. Oh, so much fun. Um, When I was building my startup business, everything around me suffered from my eating, my exercise, my relationships, because of my dedication to my work. 
Was that an addiction? I don't know. Or is that just working hard at something? I don't know. Nobody knows, by the way. Choosing a priority. Yeah. 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 Right. These are gray areas. I don't know if you followed the news yesterday. Turns out people are a little upset about parents and children getting separated at the border. To the extent that they are. Yes. Yeah, it's been going on for a long time, but the Trump administration decided to up the ante uh, by <laughs> having a zero tolerance policy for sneaking across the border. Everybody gets arrested as opposed to given a notice to appear and turned loose unless you have drugs or you're trafficking a child that's not yours or whatever. There are a bunch of reasons the Obama administration would arrest you and separate you from the kids, um, uh, but not it wasn't everybody. So the Trump administration has decided to go with everybody, which is certainly within their legal rights to do. It is not a change in the law. It's a change in priority. And if you hate it, you hate it. And that's fine. But a lot of the people who are anti and are flapping their hands and, and acting all aggrieved and making Nazi comments. In fact, give me a give me a Diane Feinstein, the Nazi clip. Would you, Sean? You got that handy? That's right. Diane Feinstein dropped an N bomb. <laughs> Our N bomb is Nazi. Do we not have that? I thought we had that. Uh, Marshall played it in his news. Well, I see it there on the clip list, so I thought we had it. But anyway, so everybody is making these wild and outrageous. Uh, I'll go ahead. This is the United States of Germ- United States of America. It isn't Nazi Germany, and there's a difference. And we don't take children from their parents until now. Yeah, there's a difference. There are a lot of differences, Nancy. So many differences that the mere invoking of Nazi Germany in this discussion Diane, is just to Diane. Be yeah. I'm sorry, that was Diane Feinstein. Uh, that was beyond stupid, irrelevant, yeah. not helpful. Yeah, yeah. Inflammatory. Yeah. Nazi Germany. And she's too old to even pull off the line. Sad. Yeah, Sad. You, you can't be you can't be doing that. You can't be you can't be acting like we're Nazi Germany. So the you're mentioning the uh, the DHS secretary who came out yesterday and explained the policy and all this different sort of stuff. And yeah. she was asked asked if it was child abuse, but I didn't see her what some people are calling a rambling explanation. But Jonah Goldberg, who we really like and really respect, he tweeted after watching her. He said. It's my policy not to call it a policy, save when it's my policy, in which case I will say it's a policy, but you cannot agree with me that it's my policy, because it's not my policy except when I say it's my policy. So I think apparently, that's a, a fair characterization. Apparently, Jonah Goldberg felt like it was a little all over the place. The messaging of the Trump administration on this has been chaotic, terrible, amateurish, wild, well, wildly I, bad. So her explanation is that... The policy and, I'm fine with. Yeah, so is that a uh, is is that her being scared to just say out loud? Um, look, the law allows it, us to do this. Our policy is to enforce the law, right? Um, and uh, we'll let the voters decide whether they think that's a good idea. Or yeah, not. are they just afraid to say that out loud? Uh, part of part of it's that the other part of it is that there's a lot of division within the administration on what they ought to be doing, and so she's trying to thread this needle, the series of needles that aren't lined up correctly. Um, to try to explain what they're doing, why they're doing it. Here's what I have to say. If you are a legitimate refugee, go to a port of entry. Apply in your own country. Don't sneak across the border with kids who may or may not be yours and then say, I'm a refugee. There are well-known lawful ways to apply for refugee status. What's coming up your news, Marshal? Republican lawmakers rushing to act on Trump administration border policies and Tesla attacked by a saboteur. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. I wonder if that actually happened. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So hotels are definitely, restaurants too, are definitely putting out the word, we are not going to give you a free meal because you have 50 Instagram followers. <laughs> so stop asking. Let's just not waste the time with the conversation. Wow. So people are doing that, huh? Well, you know. I will it, like totally Instagram your food and all my followers will know how good you are. Yeah, well, it became a thing that if you're a big Instagram, you had a big following that restaurants, hotels, whatever, they give you a discount or give it to you for free. Just smart. If that ought to be reserved for real celebrities like ourselves. <laughs> but now everybody's asking, and so they're all saying, stop already. That's enough. Unless you have how many? I don't know. A lot. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, the sounds of children crying after being taken from their parents who tried to get in the U.S. illegally have put a new soundtrack under the increasingly heated immigration debate. A nonprofit news organization, ProPublica, releasing the audio of children crying out for their parents at a border facility. Now, I heard this number yesterday. Is this true or not? I think it was the the government secretary of Homeland Security that said they the have, lovely Christian Nielsen. They have over ten thousand children that came across with people that weren't their parents. Correct. Is that what she said? Uh, I if have that's those figures the case, somewhere. That's a lot. Well, there's been a huge increase in that since the loophole was created under the Obama administration in 08, the Trafficking, Trafficking Victims Prevention Reauthorization Act. The coyotes know it, and so yeah, they're hooking up kids with adults to get you across the border. <sighs> that's a problem. And that's um, not all of them. That's not even most of them. But how would, a, there's uh, been a huge increase in that. What do most countries do though? If you if you sh- if you show up illegally with your kids, and they they want, how do I even you know you right. say these are my kids and they say how do I know those are your kids? Well, I what, think what do they do? You and whoever those kids are, get out now, and they just boot right. your ass out. They yeah, don't have that's an option too, right? Isn't that correct? Mm-hmm. It's an option to just turn around and go back into Mexico. Yeah, but if you kids? say no, I'm from Honduras. There's terrible violence, revolution in the air. I am a political refugee. Then, because we are a compassionate people who let in more refugees than the rest of the countries on Earth combined, uh, we will say, all right, all right, here's here's a notice to appear. You're going to go before a judge. There's a backlog of 600,000 of these cases right now, by the way, folks. You go before a judge, you make your case right. that you're a political refugee, and if you are, we'll let you in. GOP House lawmakers and President Trump are scheduled to meet today to talk immigration. The White House is now saying... Trump will support legislation if it passes the House and the Senate after initially saying he would reject any compromise immigration package. So he's got some wiggle room there. Meanwhile, you got Republican Ted Cruz introducing emergency legislation to keep immigrant families together after they cross the U.S.-Mexico border. The Texas Republican saying... All of us who are seeing these images of children being pulled away from, from moms and dads in tears, we're, we're horrified. This has to stop. And I tell you what, speaking of has to, um, we've got a nice note here from, uh, well, we'll leave his name out of it for now, but he's a, he's a friend of Armstrong and Getty and an American who's living and working in Nicaragua. And um, Nicaragua, which is officially a socialist state, is going through severe social unrest. We are inches from a civil war. Uh, you've got uh, Venezuela falling apart, right. Honduras, El Salvador, terrible violence there, gang violence, etc., 
uh, a lot of the immigrants or the uh, the refugees are, are coming from there. We'd better figure out what we're doing in this country about refugees, because we're about to have millions of them showing up, I think. And and we're so obsessed with Asia and the Middle East and Europe and the rest of it. Right. I think we need to start paying attention to the Americas, because there's some ugly brewing. Who ordered the ugly? North Korean leader Kim Jong-un has made another visit to Beijing today. Welcome by President Xi. They're expected to discuss Kim's next step after his summit with President Donald Trump. All of this coming as both China and the U.S. are facing off in a major trade dispute. Now, of course, you know, Donald Trump has been complimenting Xi. He's a good friend. He's a good ally. Because he inexplicably is in favor of bailing out ZTE. Yes. And uh, so he has been trying to make nice with Xi while launching this trade war. And now they're waiting to see how this is going to affect any of the agreements that were made at the summit. Here's all I know. I had some bad Chinese food last night. Mm. We hadn't had Chinese in a very long time. And uh, went with a recommendation from a bunch of Asian college students that we know. Ah. They said, this is the best Chinese restaurant. Perfect. You got to know, right? You're from China. Of course. So we go there. It was terrible. Terrible. It's like grocery store Chinese food. You ever eat grocery store Chinese food? Yeah. You know, really? you can choke it down, but barely. <laughs> yeah. It's really. It's like grocery store sushi. Yeah. Yeah. When asking college somethings for food advice, you are <laughs> going to get yeah. value based. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We're just normally yeah. true, but all these college kids that we seem to know drive nicer cars than me. So I don't think they concern themselves a hell of a lot on value. Interesting. I, I don't know how liquid they are, though. <laughs> that I, could I, be I'm true. I'm pretty sure those know. are being paid by other people. And yeah, you'll, you'll get a lot of, oh, you know. The, they have nicer just, clothes and nicer cars than I do. Maybe they don't have any money in their pocket. I don't have any idea. But Would you I order, was very Jack? disappointed. What'd you order? I tried to order sweet and sour pork. They didn't have it, which should have been a sign. Oh. They had sweet and sour. They had sweet and sour. It's a child's dish. Wow. They had sweet and sour chicken, though, so I got that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Tesla, Tesla reportedly reeling after someone sabotaged the company. CNBC is reporting that the chief executive, Elon Musk, sent out an email to employees on Sunday saying somebody did extensive damage to the company. Someone apparently made changes to the code used in some of Tesla's systems and then gave out information to a third party. Now, is he is he hinting that or is he going to say directly at some point that that's why we had the breaking problem that Consumer Reports got concerned about? That'd be a good reason. I haven't for, heard that tie in yet. Because but, you know, remember that the, the Tesla S model was named the safest car ever built right. when it came out. Safest car ever built. Then the, what's this other new model? When it came out, the Consumer Reports wouldn't even recommend it. They said it was so unsafe. Briefly. So they changed the code well, on the did they price. say it was unsafe or just, like, grabby or another issue? They couldn't have recommend price. you buy it. Whatever right. that means. Okay. Musk reportedly said the extent of the damage was not known and that it appeared to be the work of a disgruntled employee who didn't get a promotion. The incident is under investigation. That's why you need to promote everyone who asks, apparently. Yes. Well, President uh, Trump is looking up, taking aim at the next frontier, directing the Pentagon to immediately begin the process necessary to establish a space force as the sixth branch of the armed forces. He said we're going to go to the moon again, and we're yep. going to Mars. But yep. Trump says lots of things, so... Well, remember, who dominates the high ground has the upper hand. It is not enough to merely have an American presence in space. We must have American dominance in space. 
That's what dominance sounds like. <laughs> we, we certainly have throughout history. It's, it's ours. Space belongs to the United States. Wouldn't it be weird if space started to belong to China or somebody? Yes, that would be weird. Because yeah. they'd have heinous weapons pointing right down at us. Ready to vaporize us if we dare oppose their communist schemes. That's why we must rule space. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. How do you not have sweet and sour pork? Call yourself a Chinese restaurant. That's what I'm saying. The child's dish, Jack. <laughs> average Chinese food, average to bad Chinese food, might be the worst thing. That once you're full of it and it starts to get a little cold, it is just so gross. Oh, it's very gross. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Try to get the kids to eat some pot stickers. Didn't take. Yeah. It's not a little kid food, really. The pot sticker. <laughs> Did you use chopsticks? No, didn't use chopsticks. Did you use two sticks when the genius that is the fork is available, Michael? No. No. They didn't ride a horse. Sticks. They didn't ride a horse to the restaurant either. They drove a car. Yeah, exactly. I don't bleed my feet when I have a cold. I use a fork. Right. Um, Our text line, by the way, if you want to weigh in on anything we talk about, you know more about it. It's pretty handy. 415-295-KFTC. And we'll talk to Steve Burns, a reporter about the Space Force, next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Businessman has created a donut and chicken nugget hybrid. He is calling the Donug. As in, whatever you do, Donug, eat this. Stunt food. Yeah. We got to get over it, people. We're over stunt food. Stop yeah. it. We get it. You just came up with something crazy, so it will get mentioned, so people will buy it. We, we are, we've all caught on. So we lied. We're not going to talk about the Space Wars more because we already did. Space Force. Liar! Oh, yeah. we, uh, hit me with. Do you have the, that handy? The, te- the tweet from Ian Bremmer should mention oh, this. Yeah. Um, then I got a good little round the horn. Tell me you if, want it. Tell me if this is real or not. Okay, so breaking in all caps, colon, quotation mark begins. All Americans should support President Trump's lawful border control and child detention policy, end quote, attributed to Kim Jong-un. So we can't figure out, is that Ian Bremmer <sighs> making a joke? Or did, Kim Jong, or did Kim Jong-un actually say that? Could be. And he's just retweeting it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And if Kim Jong-un did say it, was it a, an attempt to undermine Trump, kind of Putin style? Or what? No! The double is, reverse. I think this is humor that's just like one layer too thick. Listen, these are two troubled times for subtle humor. There's, <laughs> there's too much venom in the air. We need wildly obvious jokes, followed by a, hey, hey, you get it? And we need more of that. Get it? Where are you from? <laughs> Me too. We need more of that. Everybody's so angry. Hey, hey, hey. Squirt him with a bottle. Exactly. Oh, he's joking. I can tell he's joking. 
That's he what we need. Me. Right, right. So a quick round of horn, a bunch of uh, headlines that probably don't deserve much more than a couple of minutes discussion. Uh, the big, uh, big story is about the gig economy. Robert, what Jace, does that mean? Well, that's that's your non-standard employment. Um, actually, the what they looked at was I have the full list: alternative employment arrangements. Like a guy um, I know is driving Uber and Lyft. Some that's people one. do both. And he's <clears throat> delivering packages for Amazon, right. and then he's got like one other thing. Yeah, that's the gig economy. Essentially nothing you have to clock in and out of that you get to create your own schedule based off of the internet of business. But doesn't usually include insurance. Or, or I could just give you the list. <laughs> or vacation or anything. On-call workers, for example, seasonal workers, independent contractors, including freelancers and self-employed consultants, temps, people paid by temp agencies, uh, contract firms that provide services to other firms like security guards or cafeteria workers. So the upside would be the flexibility. The downside would be, like Ooh. I said, insurance, right. vacation. Precisely. Yep. And the emerging gig economy. It's a bad. It's good. It's flexible. It's a, it's cruel. It's awesome. It sucks. Right. It's uh, capitalism. It's communism. Yeah, there was a study that showed that alternative work arrangements rose from about 11% to about 16% from 05 to 15 that's pretty big uh, change in a decade, except now they've taken a, a more widespread look at it. And um, in 2017, the share of workers in those arrangements, about 10 percent, whereas in 2005, it was about 10.7 percent. And in 1995, it was about 10 percent. OK, so that's not much. But so, no, there aren't there don't seem to be any long term trends a lot of at those, all. When you were making that list, a lot of those, I thought those have been around forever, like landscaping people. That's a gig economy, but that's been around forever. A lot of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think any, there, any practically all home improvement stuff. There might be a trend from uh, business to business uh, gig workers moving more to business to consumer gig workers. I mean, I'm not aware of who's got a temp working, but I'm aware of Uber because I use it myself. So I, anyway, so it appears that the whole gig economy thing may just be a myth. Uh, another quick story. Did you hear about the Taliban chief who got snuffed by one of our drones the other day? I haven't heard much about it. Afghan officials said Mullah Fazlullah, who sounds, I think it was Hanson who said he sounds like a Taliban kids show host. Hey, hey! He's one of the world's most wanted militant leaders. He was killed in the Kunar province, along with four other of his uh, fellers, uh, four other uh, Taliban leaders. He was the guy who ordered the snuffing of Malala Yousafzai. Yousafzai. God, that's something. That's right. that's he he sent the guys onto the bus to kill a high school girl. Right. Which is just something. Right. Glad he's dead. Yeah. After she spoke out against the subjugation of women and in favor of education for girls, he said, go snuff that 12-year-old little girl. I, she, I she can't was tell you how sappy, happy I am. He's dead. God, I wish rough. he'd suffered more, but that's because I'm a bad person. Eh. Uh, members of the Taliban told Reuters the group was trying to get word if its leader was actually that's, dead. That's an interesting thing about the drone strikes. I always feel, uh, on people like that, I always feel a little um, not satisfied as much as if the Navy SEALs had gone in and, you know, cut his head off or Put something. Put one in his eye. I think Put they, one in they his don't eye. saw a lot of heads off. Well, slit Unless, in the throat, well, as Mike Lyons says all the time. That's true. Yeah. So, Quiet. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, what is that? That's not good. That's that's wanting vengeance and all kinds of stuff as opposed to justice. Because atomizing a guy, you wouldn't feel a 
thing. Nothing. You'd think, what's that whistling? Bluey. You would just go from existing to not existing. Right. Probably, unless you're buried in rubble. Huh? Go on now. Maybe that happened. So maybe he was crushed and suffocated? Let's all could, hope. Could be. So this Mullah Fazlullah first rose to prominence inside Pakistan's infamous Swat Valley with fiery radio tirades that earned him the nickname Mullah Radio. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it's, it's five minutes before the hour I'll be praised. This is Mullah Radio. <laughs> His broadcasts opposed America, female education, and vaccination programs while advocating a strict form of Islamic law. There you go. Um, I guess uh, we uh, won't be playing any music at all because that's against the Quran. Zero in a row country favorites <laughs> for your work day. Isn't um, uh, Miss Yusuf Zai was 14, I think. Didn't we hear time. from somebody? Where was it? I read it that weather forecasting was anti-Islamic because only God knows the weather or something yeah, like that. Right, yeah, right. So they can't do weather forecasts or play any music. What's he doing on his radio show? <laughs> Traffic. Now <laughs> <laughs> we got a three camel pilot. <laughs> and verses from the Quran. Oh, hey, speaking of the Middle East, there was a ceasefire. Did you hear about this in Afghanistan? And it appears to have held pretty well. Um, ISIS isn't in on it, but all sorts of Taliban fighters and Afghan soldiers are posting pics to social media of them shaking hands and hanging out together. Hmm. Let's hope and pray this is a sign of something. I doubt it. Yeah, I'm, I doubt not it to be just like a, you know, cynical a, a naysayer. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I agree. It's it's a slim hope, but it's a hope. Unlikely that this 700-year-old war <laughs> ends like this. Ah, yeah. I'd like to have heard his radio show. Glad he's dead, though. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.